0: Hey guys, it's Sophia. Sophia Amoruso, host of Girlboss Radio, founder and CEO of Girlboss. You're listening to a brand new podcast series we're super excited to introduce, inspired by Sephora Collections, hashtag Lip Stories Lipsticks, which features 40 different shades based off of real life stories from remarkable women. Presented by Girlboss Radio in partnership with Sephora Collection, this podcast takes a deep dive into the wildest adventures and notable memories of some seriously inspiring founders, creators, and thought leaders. Stories that took place while they were out there living their real lives, circling the globe on an epic road trip with friends, owning their Girlboss moment at work, or even just hanging out, having fun with their BFFs. You're in for some seriously candid, inspiring, funny stories, and we can't wait to see what hashtag lip inspires in you. In this episode of hashtag lip stories, high-energy entrepreneur Sarah robbo Hagen will be sharing her lip stories about starting a lady business, a hashtag throwback tale, plus how she recharges on brunch day. Hi, I'm Melissa, an editor at Girlboss, and I had the
1: pleasure of speaking with Sarah Robb O'Hagan. I'm Sarah Robb O'Hagan. I'm the CEO of Flywheel Sports, which is like the most badass boutique indoor cycling company on the planet. I'm also the author of Extreme You, Step Up, Stand Out, Kick Ass, Repeat, which is a cool, fun book on how to get the most out of your own potential. That's me, Sarah Robb O'Hagan, and these are my lip stories. So how did I get to where I am today? Well, you can tell probably from my accent I'm from New Zealand, which is a small island in the South Pacific with about 50 million sheep and 5 million people. That just gives you some important context. And I spent most of my childhood really wanting to be epically successful and really, really failing. So I tried to be an athlete. I tried everything from tennis and skiing and just basically sucked and never made the A-team. I tried to be a singer. I tried to be a performer. And I always found out that, you know, I'd be the person who didn't get selected for the lead part. I often didn't even make the chorus. And I kept thinking, God, I'm such a failure. And then it wasn't until many years later on, in my career that I started to realize that it wasn't that I'd failed at these individual things, but I was actually good at a combination of them when put together. And so I ended up really coming into my own when I was in marketing and creative and innovation roles in the sports and fitness industry. So namely Nike, where I was um, in marketing and then Gatorade, where I was actually the global president and let its turn around and Equinox Fitness and now um, at flywheel sports and so i think the biggest learning for me is that you might not be amazing at one thing but when you are sort of kind of passionate about a few things and kind of good at them and you roll them all together in my case creativity and competitiveness and teamwork you can actually uh, find your own natural place where you can be kind of playing to your best and that feels amazing we talked about what it's like running a lady business. So I love hearing from women who are rocketed out in the workplace and sometimes hearing how they got there. And when I think back about, you know, my own personal journey of becoming now what is a CEO, it's amazing how like some of the most imp- important lessons you learn happen right at the very beginning. So When I uh, left college and had my undergrad degree and I was applying for jobs, I basically applied all over the place and kept getting rejected. And the one place I really wanted to work was Air New Zealand, which is the national airline of my country, New Zealand, where I was living. And why did I really want to work there? Because strategically, I thought, well, that's one thing will fly me out of the country to see the world. Like That kind of works. And so I applied and I took all these standard tests that they expect you to take to understand how smart you are and like what your abilities are going to be as an executive. And I totally fucked them all up and basically got what we commonly called in those days a PFO letter in the mail saying, yeah, we don't want you. But you know what? I was super frustrated because I was like, why are they judging me on these tests when they just don't know me? And I haven't had a chance to put my case forward. So instead of just taking no for an answer, I was like, you know what? No, I've got to figure out how to get in the door, find the hiring manager and, you know, plead my case. And so after a little bit of stalking and finding the HR person, I've managed to talk my way into a half hour with the hiring manager research like crazy what the airline was doing, and what they were facing, so that I could go in and have an intelligent conversation about how I thought I could contribute to their growth going forward. And by some incredible miracle, I got an, a, an entry-level job. And I was on their basically what they call their entry-level internship program. So there was six interns. And because of me, this guy had actually gone ahead and approved extra headcount to get a seventh intern, which in corporate America, approving extra headcount is next to impossible. And the funniest part of the story is that once I got going underway, you know, we were on this rotation program. So we would have to go and learn every aspect of the business. And so that would be, you know, learning to check people in at the airport or learning to do a safety drill on an airplane. And everywhere we went, there would be like six little packets that had been made up for the interns. And then they would have to scramble and make packet number seven for the oddball that had been added to the group. And so every day I was so aware that I kind of really didn't deserve to be there. But because I had talked my way into it, I was there. And I think that gave me this real feeling of not so much insecurity, but just drive and determination to prove that they'd made the right decision when they hired me. And I think it really um, sort of caused me to, to get even more aggressive at making sure I was delivering above my peer group to the best of my ability. And I went on to have an incredible, you know, first six years of my career at the airline because of that, because it really fueled me when I had more of myself on the line to prove that I had been worth hiring. And I think, you know, that's a for me, a fun lady business story, because even to this day, it it stands me in good stead. Like when I find myself in a business situation or a personal situation where someone has said no, or I've been stopped in my tracks I'll stop and go, well, is the answer really no or is there a way that I can figure out how to create an inroad so I can actually get this done for my business or for my team or whoever it may be? And more often than not, there are if you get really um, creative about it. So I think it's a good message for girl bosses out there. Don't take no for an answer when it's something you really care about. We spoke about feeling uncomfortable. So when I think of a hashtag throwback moment, I definitely think of my teens. I work in the sports and fitness industry, and I have for many, many years. And as a result, I work out a ton. I uh, keep myself in pretty good shape, and most people would expect that for the CEO of a fitness company. And what a lot of people don't know about me is that I have, I'm now almost 46 years old, And I spent at least the first half to two thirds of my life really struggling with my weight, my self-image and everything that went with it. Now, why is that? Because in my teens, you know, I was five foot ten. I had size 11 feet. Did you hear that? Like that's actually men's sample size, like man-sized feet. Rugby player thighs because my father was a rugby player. And I was surrounded by all these super petite, cute girls. And actually, this was the era when, you know, blonde, skinny, that's what you had to look like to be cute. And I was anything but. Um, and I can still remember the first time I w- I dated a guy in my very early teens. And we were uh, sitting on the couch and we had our feet up on the coffee table. And I realized that my feet were bigger than his. And I'm like, that's really fucking mortifying <laughs> because I felt like Shrek. Um, And then I went on to have like many, many years of just kind of constantly cowering and trying to make myself look small because I just felt so freaking big and giant and whatever next to all these really petite girly girls. And I ended up having huge eating and weight issues in my 20s. I can remember in my late 20s, actually, I weighed more than I did later in life with my biggest pregnancy (laughs) Like I was significantly overweight to the point where one of my dear friends nicknamed me Cashin, which is the name of a famous elephant in the zoo where we grew up. So yeah, it was bad. Um, and the point is that it wasn't until at some point along the way, I guess in my late twenties that I just said, fuck it. I'm sick of trying to be something that I'm not. I am tall. I am five foot 10. I am muscly. I am strong. And you know what? God damn it. That's a good thing. And I feel powerful and strong. And what's wrong with that? And it was that feeling of just accepting myself physically that immediately changed everything for me in terms of self-confidence and the way I looked and felt. And I've never really looked back. And so, you know, for me, your physical confidence is very connected to your emotional and mental confidence, I think, particularly for women. And, you know, I'm really, really done with the sort of culture of us feeling like we have to be one, like look the way society thinks we do. And if not, we, you know, knock young girls' confidence because it's just stupid. And so when I think about a hashtag throwback for me, it's that thought of, imagining being that person who's in my teens and looking at myself in the mirror and not feeling emboldened and powerful and beautiful and all the things that every woman out there should feel. And I would really encourage girl bosses out there just to take everything you are and love it and feel good about it. And don't hesitate to take your strength and let it really power you forward. How did you do that? Is there like
0: one turning point that you can sort of remember when you thought, okay, I'm I'm going to change my perception of this?
1: I do remember it. I had tried every diet on the planet <laughs> and, oh, I can name them all, you know, from Atkins to the low carb, to the zone diet, to everything, to Weight Watchers. And, you know, it wasn't getting me anywhere. And by the way, I was working out like a fiend every day and I was still overweight mainly because I'd starve myself and then I'd binge eat and all the things that go with it. And it wasn't until I met a nutritionist actually, who was back down in New Zealand, who said to me, this issue that you have is nothing to do with the quality of the food you're putting in your mouth. And it's everything to do with you just not embracing who you are. And if you just stop being on a diet, just eat whatever you feel like eating when you feel like eating it and just be confident in who you are, you'll be amazed what might happen. And it was completely right. I went from being on crazy diets to eating burgers. Oh my God, burgers and losing weight. I mean, how good is that? And so like feeling, not even so much losing weight, just feeling strong and getting back in shape. And I think that led to a feeling of realizing that how you feel is so much more important than how much you weigh or what clothes you fit into. It's like, when you feel like for me now, I eat anything and everything under the sun. I could care less whether it's bad food, good food, and I work out a ton. And for me, it's just great fuel for my body. And when I think of it like that and it fuels me and makes me feel strong, nothing really matters. It doesn't who gives a shit what you are on the on the scales, you know? Hey, it's
2: your girl Maggie, co-host on Girl Boss Radio. Let's take a little break to hear about your hashtag lip stories. Tell us all about that life-changing aha moment, that unforgettable road trip, your life-reviving brunch ritual, anything that stands out as a moment to be remembered. We want to hear about it, and we want to hear from you. Use the hashtag lip stories on Instagram and Twitter, and let us know what your go-to beauty essentials are for making magic. And then head over to Sephora.com to check out the actual Sephora collection hashtag lip stories lipsticks they come in 40 incredibly beautiful shades with three different finishes matte cream and metallic so you have one for every day of the year for any mood any occasion they're super addicting and come in the cutest little packaging inspired by real life stories just like the one you're actually listening to right now check them out on sephora.com or at your nearest Sephora store And let your imagination run wild as to where your daily adventures are taking you next. Now, back
0: to Sarah Rob O'Hagan. I asked her how she unwinds on brunch day.
1: So brunch day, oh, the weekends. How does one spend those amazing days that begin with S? The most relaxing thing about brunch day is a giant sleep-in. For me, I just love the weekends, because that's when most importantly, I get really good downtime to just decompress and be with my family. I live in a really fun neighborhood with people from many different countries in the world. And luckily, we all like to party a lot. So there's pretty much no moment in the cultural calendar that goes by that we will not turn into a party, (laughs) whether it's Olympics, World Cup, Oscars, lip sync battles, pretty much anything you can think of, we can do something with. But I also love the fact that in the weekends, I can really indulge and get my workouts on. And I uh, clearly love my new Fly Anywhere bike that I have in my house. So we have our streaming indoor cycling classes on our bike. Platform And I can take, you know, 45 or 60 minute cycling class, jump off the bike, then take a strength workout because we have streaming workout content as well. And like do a double header, which I love because I can't typically fit that in during the week. And it just feels so good because you can take your time and, you know, spend more time working out than you otherwise would. And then just chillax, you know, and spend some time, catch up on some work, hang with the fam have lots of coffee, and then you're ready to go for the week. What's not to love about that? That's how a brunch day should be. Thanks so much to Sarah for sharing those personal moments with us.
0: Be sure to remember to subscribe so you can listen to all the amazing hashtag lip stories we're bringing your way along with Sephora Collection. And don't forget to share your own stories on social media with hashtag lip stories. We want to see how you're out there making your own moves to remember. Thank you guys so much for listening.